Welcome to the Crater Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss all the JavaScript news that's happened on Crater.io this week. This episode is for Friday, May 20th, 2016. This episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They're an easy way to deploy your application, no matter the language or framework that you're using. They are great for deploying JavaScript applications using technologies such as Node.js, Meteor.js, Feathers.js, and many other frameworks. They recently updated their build process for Meteor to include uploading the code to a build server. They use a Docker component to create the build and output a consistent application that gets sent to the servos making it more reliable and easier for you to deploy your Meteor application. Check them out, modulus.io. DigitalOcean is the best place to get your Meteor application off the ground quickly and the easiest to scale when you find success. I host crater.io there, so I understand DigitalOcean. Start with a pre-configured one-click launch, such as Node.js, to get it up and running in 55 seconds or build the exact infrastructure you need with root access to servers running 100% SSD and state-of-the-art data centers around the world. DigitalOcean is the fastest-growing cloud infrastructure provider because it's built for developers and laser-focused on its mission to create simple and elegant solutions for developers and teams. Use the promo code CRATER10 on the billing page when you sign up for $10 to get started. Welcome, Crater fans. I'm your host, Josh Owens, along with a special guest co-host. Hi, I'm Lauren. <laughs> hey, Lauren. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. So, uh, Abby had a, a last-minute uh, emergency come up, and uh, Lauren agreed to step in. So, I really appreciate that, man. Tell me he's working too hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not work-related, sadly. But oh, okay. Yeah. So, I've got a... Uh, pink and blue beard today if you're watching on youtube if you're not you can uh you can go check it out anyway and see it it's the kids requested i do it for a little carnival they have here in the small town we live in i think it looks good yeah <laughs> yes it's a little it's getting a little patchy though it, it was pretty solid before but it's starting to rub out it's all chalk so pretty easy to put on why don't you tell people what you do, Lauren? I am CTO at a, at a, a social app startup called Parlay for making uh, social wagers with your friends. I also do some freelancing, and then I'm a maintainer on, on Meteor Core and then on the docs and the guide repos. Nice. Do you actually have commit rights to Meteor I do. Core? Yeah, they, they said don't use it, but um, <laughs> what I've done is, is I, I created a branch on, on the, but I haven't, I haven't like touched a vowel. Hmm. Interesting. You uh, were involved in something interesting that launched this week, which didn't get enough upvotes, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah, so there, there's a new redesign of, of the core the meter docs and then also of the, the guide. It's done with, with Hexo, which is like Jekyll, uh, Ruby uh, static site generator that's used for GitHub pages, but this is, this is like a JavaScript version of Jekyll. And it looks really nice. Dominic Nguyen um, from MDG did the design. It's much easier to contribute because mm-hmm. previously Docs was in inside the Meteor Core repo, and you um, it was a Meteor app, and so like if you wanted to if you wanted to change it, you'd have to do a PR to uh, Meteor Core, which which 
you know, probably didn't get merged. So now it's in a separate repository. It's no longer a Meteor app. It's a um, the Hexo, so it's static HTML. That means it doesn't doesn't crash your your mobile phone. That was a problem I had. Yeah. I crashed uh, Safari and 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 Chrome on iOS. I will probably soon merge your PR because I have rights and it's separated and stuff. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I like the new design. The, the font's a little small, but I, I think that's a common yeah, complaint yeah. I have on most Meteor sites. But Someone just submitted an issue, so we might, we might talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, you know, it's one of those things like I can also font bump if it's really bothering me, but just being a little small. But I, li- I like it. I do miss, I miss the little search functionality, but you pointed out there's an issue for that too. It's coming. It's coming back. Yeah. Tom's going to do it, I think. Yeah, so the, so the big CTA, the call to action for that is if there's anything in the docs or the guide that's that's not clear, submit an issue, submit a PR. It should be easy to to change it, fix it. It feels more seamless between the guide and the, the right. Right, they got the, the they're on the same now. sidebar. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So this week uh, we will be talking about Horizon Meteor 1.4 roadmap. Firebase is a platform now and React with web app and Meteor is a backend. I thought that one would be kind of interesting. Kind of big news week. Google's having their IO thing. I hear tickets are hard to get. One day yeah. I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. I keep like giving away free things like the glasses and the phone. And we'll get, we'll get to the big news from IO in a little bit, but the other big news was Horizon is out now, so you can like NPM install this thing and give it a try. I'll say like maybe 15 minutes before the show, I was reading up on it and uh, tried the install and even right up until we were getting started, I was trying to get RethinkDB to run right and apparently like I've got the right version and everything, but it says connection to RethinkDB terminated and it can't seem to connect to the running version. So I can't give you my direct thoughts on it. But what I can say is it looks, if if Meteor were built now instead of like three years ago, it would look pretty similar to Horizon in my opinion. They're using RxJS observables instead of writing a custom library like Tracker. Oh, so, so what, what, let's back up and what, what is Horizon for the people who haven't heard of it? I mean, it's a direct competitor with something like Meteor or, I don't know, what are some of the other ones out there? I don't know. There's no other ones. Ember? Ember, no, no. Is that full I stack, mean, right? Is it now? Or is it just front end? I don't know. I don't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> I pay attention to Angular some. I pay attention to React. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely, there's like a build tool kind of hooked together. It's got socket IO. It's got the database integration. They've got RxJS to kind of monitor the incoming data. So like as it updates, you know, you can just use the observable like you normally would and have your code update. So, so it's built by the, the Rethink DB team. It is, um, yeah. They were like, Meteor should be the, Meteor should use us for their database clearly because we are the only like native real time database. And I feel like Meteor didn't, so they had to make their own their own stack. <laughs> yeah, like in all honesty, you look at the way the user accounts is kind of structured, like all that kind of stuff, like accounts base and accounts password. Like it, it's definitely tied heavily into 
Blaze, and it's definitely tied heavily into Mongo. And like, this has been a common complaint for a long time. And I think that's the last piece that would have to change in order for something like Postgres or Rethink to be able to come in as a, as a DB that you could easily integrate with. I feel like maybe that project's on the back burner. I haven't looked at it in a while, but I'm watching the repo and I'm not getting any updates about it. They, they definitely did break out a piece of the, the Meteor user stuff from the main repo into its own repo. But it, I, as far as I could tell, nothing's really happening. They might be waiting until Apollo. That's part of it is that they've kind of stolen away the team that would have worked on it uh, at this point. Like I know Sashko at one point was kind of in charge of it. I, I don't know what his you know, day-to-day looks like at MDG anymore, but they also took Martin kind of off of Meteor and on, put him on Apollo as well. Maybe you're right. We'll see something come out of Apollo that gives you user integration. But based on what I see, you know, I just, I don't know if that's true. So I think it's in the plans. And, and then everything in Apollo is database agnostic. So it should be able to do the account system on any database once they add it. Yeah. It's weird, right? Because you're going to have a schema and like schemas are going to look different here or there. So, okay. so, so for Horizon, is the, do they have a client side data cache? I don't think so. I think they're just using the RxJS observable. So when something changes, you just kind of react to it. No pun intended. So you'd have to do your own like uh, latency computation if you're wanting to change things on the client before changing them on the server. I think so. Uh, Let's pretend. So I was working with um, Slava on the uh, Rethink DB integration with Meteor back when he got started maybe a year ago. The big um, uh, differentiator there would be that uh, Rethink DB has, has native support for change feeds or, or having a feed of, of data like similar to the Mongo op log, but uh, granular, so you don't need to go through the whole thing, so it's going to scale much better. Uh, Slava's uh, driver used change feeds to send new data over, over GDP to clients, um, which is really cool. The number of queries that were change feed compatible, so like out of the entire uh, query language requel, you can, you can do whatever to query anything from Rethink. But only there was like a very small subset that worked with change feeds. The, your publishers were very, very limited. Like I could do like a public feed, but I wouldn't be able to do like a friend feed. They were planning on improving those, but I don't know how, how much, how flexible that, that, that piece has gotten. My, my guess is it's probably gotten better because you're able to send a subscribe request and then, you know, uh, based on... Um, message coming through from the subscribe call, you can do different things, you know, like on uh, replace or remove or do they have one on like new? Yeah, it looks like they just, they're using like an array of, I'm looking at chat messages, like their little example here and they, they push like each result from the subscribe call onto an array and then they're like pushing those onto like as things are replaced or removed, they're kind of doing various operations on that array. I remember him saying he needed something in 2.2 to come along. That's when it was slated to, to come along. And I think it had something to do with the change feeds that you mentioned. Um, and they're at 2.3 now. So my guess is they, they've definitely beefed it up and you know made it so you can have a lot more stuff to query against. I think it's still early with Horizon more than anything. Like their authentication, I think they support OAuth right now, but that's really all they're doing. They plan to add more. Uh-huh. 
you know, I think they've they've got a couple of sample apps, but it, it's just still still early days. Watching Feathers, watching Horizon, watching Meteor, like they're all trying slightly different things, but kind of dancing around similar ideas. Yeah, but it's it's nice that they're doing auth and that they that they have um, this Horizon Cloud, which is basically going to be their equivalent of Galaxy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear Galaxy is going to become like much wider, just kind of Docker host at some point. Okay. So it's not going to be like Meteor specific. So watching another company do it, I wonder like how interesting or smart that might be for them. Because again, there's no like billion dollar unicorn hosting company out there, you know? And I don't think there ever will be like hosting's a commodity thing. Even when you put good services on top of it, I still think it's always just going to be a commodity, like race to the bottom pricing thing. Would you, would you call DigitalOcean a, a hosting company? I would. Yeah. And I, I still don't think like they're never going to be a billion dollar unicorn. Are they like, I don't, I mean, you don't have to be right. But I think that's what right, these right. are looking for. <laughs> I don't think Andreessen Horowitz invested, you know, twenty, thirty million dollars in Meteor because hosting looked interesting. That's why they're working on Apollo, right? <laughs> All right. Let's do the next one. Let's see. What's the next? Uh, Meteor One Four roadmaps. That's what it was. We got a, a blog post or a, a post on the forums recently. Mm-hmm. Coming soon, Meteor One Point Four, and the big, the big thing is Node Four. So currently, Meteor is using Node version 0.10.43, which is ancient. So yes. we're going up to Node 4, uh, which is pretty close to recent. There's only two more versions, Node 5 and 6. 5 is not a long-term target. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, 6 is pretty new, and, and lots of things don't work with it yet. So Node 4 is, is great. Mongo 3.2, which I think, I think has, has some significant changes. It does. Yeah. Specifically, I'm kind of interested today, like we were having a talk with, I was talking to a client and Mongo 3.2, I believe comes with like, you can turn on encryption for the data at rest. So the data that's stored in the database, you can encrypt it and uh, let it sit there encrypted. I mean, there were projects to do in something like Meteor uh, to kind of do that for you, but to have it at the database level, I think might make a lot more sense. You probably need that for, for HIPAA. Did the clinical fork already already have that? I have no idea. Another nice thing about 3.2 is that, so Compose, which is, which is one of the, the main MongoDB hosters, cloud hosters that, that people in Meteor use, has, has, a, has a new type of um, Meteor deployment. Now, now they have Meteor, sorry, Mongo Classic and, and what used to be Mongo Plus, but is now their main Mongo. And that is every deployment, no matter how small, is, is sharded, which, which is challenging for the op-log. And they made this special, I think each shard would have its own op-log or something. So they made, they made a, a, an entry point for the op-logs to be combined or something. Mm. And that doesn't work with the current Meteor version of Mongo, which I think is 3.0, but it will work with 3.2. So you'll be able to use op-log with Compose on their current MongoDB deployments. Probably the thing here to point out as well is like there's a couple things that are actually going into this commit because you've got Mongo, as far as the driver, like what's supported 3.0 is currently supported, right? Like you can connect to a 3.0 database, fine, with Meteor, not a big deal. But the thing is, uh, by default, it still ships with 2.6. 
So when you're on in like local development mode um, and you try to do like run the query planner, like the old 2.6 doesn't have any of the query planner stuff. So that can be kind of frustrating. And you can mount up your own Mongo uh, instance and run it, you know, wherever you want and have Meteor connect to that. But that's kind of a pain in the butt when you're running like, you know, I've got like 10 different client apps on my machine that I check out and run at any given time. So, but Meteor is going to ship with uh, Mongo 3.2 by default. So when you start, when you do Meteor run, it's going to fire up a Mongo 3.2 instance, which is super exciting to me. Like that means in local development mode, you're going to get like wired tiger support and query planner and all kinds of goodies that I think are going to be pretty awesome. Was wired tiger 3.2? It's 3.0. Um, but yeah, so like locally you still don't get it, but like, you know, if you look at crater is running 3.0, um, I don't, you know, I don't know if I switched to wired tiger or not. It's a good question. I think that's kind of exciting as well. Yeah. And then there, it looks like relaxing core package versions. So it looks like there's going to be less and less things kind of tied into a release. Like you don't, you won't have to have like, you know, every release won't be directly tied to a version of blaze or a version of media or Mongo or whatever. Yeah. So, so they moved blaze into a separate repository, GitHub uh, meteor slash blaze. That has a community maintainer. I think you should, you should be able to in the future to um, have them release a new version, I guess, on Atmosphere, and then you can just type Meteor update and not Meteor update release, and it'll update just the Blaze mm. package. Nice. So you could have speedier development on that. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I think there's there's some things that don't necessarily need to be like. Maybe it's nice to tie together like the change log in the docs and say like 1.4 came out, here's the new changes. Um, but at the same time, like for the community to move faster, I think these individual repos will be better. I mean, we'll see how it works out. But looks interesting. So the big Google IO news was that uh, Firebase has been significantly expanded. So, yeah, I, I had forgotten that Firebase was acquired by Google. That was like yeah. over a year ago. Yeah, totally. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, when you look at Firebase, they were, I think they got acquired 18 months ago. Um, and they had about 150,000 developers at the time. And they've grown to have like 450,000 on their platform now, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty big like we've i don't think we've ever seen particular numbers out of media or any of the other kind of platforms you know the thing was they had the real-time database and user authentication and like easy hosting but they were lacking some other stuff and so like they've basically just built this big platform around firebase they've got firebase analytics now they've got like messaging storage you know, you look at this and you think, well, I could probably glue a lot of this together myself. But at the same time, I think they're they're putting out SDKs that allow you to easily kind of tap into this if this is what you're using to uh, run your app on the back end. And I know that there's a number of people in the React community that rely on Firebase and use it. So, Yeah, I've heard a lot of usage of it. And it seems like it has been the biggest competitor to Meteor for an easy-to-use, real-time backend. 
it has a whole lot of things. It's got, it's got like integrated. It's got uh, auth. It's got messaging, like push notifications. It's got deep linking into your apps. It's got like automatic in-depth analytics, uh, crash reporting. Let's see. Hosting, obviously. You know, you know what was interesting to me, uh, there was a conversation, I think it was Ben and I had a couple episodes back where we were talking about uh, like app streaming and deep linking and all that kind of stuff. And I never understood why we didn't see more of that in Angular. Like why, why wasn't Angular doing this kind of stuff? And now that this is coming out, it's starting to make a little more sense. They're targeting pretty heavily the iOS and Android community and trying to get people to use uh, Firebase as the back end for that, you know. So they've got like AdMob integration, AdWords integration, yeah, just all kinds of stuff around the phone. Uh-huh. They've got uh, in- native invites, like an invite system. The hesitation I had with Firebase originally when I was looking at it probably like two or three years ago was the fact that the limitations on how complex your your data schema could be and your, your queries and your mutations, your, your uh, equivalent of Meteor methods. So uh, Firebase is, is not like Meteor in that uh, you're, you're never hosting. It's, it's, it's completely hosted. There's no option to host your own like there is with Meteor. There's no run your arbitrary code on the server, right? There's no, you're not writing publications and methods. There's, there's a lot of like complex logic in my methods. How would I translate that over to um, Firebase? There is, there is some, there's validations, like, so it has its own user system, so you can say which users have uh, permissions to read or write whatever docs, but it's at the doc level, you can't go, like, intra-doc intra level, like, in some of my publications, I only, only, I only serve up certain fields to the client, uh, you wouldn't be able to, like, hide those fields and if, you, if you just gave read access to a doc, and then there's, there's some validation rules that you can, you, you can use. And it's sort of, that's sort of like uh, coding. Like there's one example, uh, foo.validate, newdata.isString, and newdata.val.length is less than 100. So that's, that's sort of a little bit like arbitrary logic there. But it's still a far cry from like whatever you want to do inside of your methods. Have you ever tried using uh, Firebase? I didn't, know. Like I, I, I went straight from like Rails and Backbone and doing a little bit of Rails and Angular to straight into Meteor back in 2013. So kind of didn't really look at the landscape. I, I just really enjoyed how Mongo and, and Mini Mongo and kind of like the DDP bridge in between handled a lot of this kind of stuff for me. But probably the biggest thing to me here is the, the pricing. Like I'm looking at the pricing and going, wow, this this seems significantly cheaper. Like so for free, you get 100 simultaneous connections. And to put that into perspective, Crater's doing, I think, half a million page views a month. And we're doing somewhere between 130 to 200 at peak simultaneous connections. You know, I think, like, Crater couldn't be on the free plan, basically, if we were to kind of use Firebase as the back end. But looking at it... You know, you get unlimited for the $25 a month plan. But then, you know, there's a little footnote that says <laughs> there is an initial limit of 10,000 simultaneous database connections. That's still uh-huh. a lot of people, you know? Like, <laughs> I, I think um, a couple of the bigger Meteor apps like Mixmax and Classcraft peak up over that at, at certain times of the day. What, what, are, what are those or, or creators um, total database gigabytes or megabytes stored in Mongo? 
Oh yeah. It's not that mine, big. Mine is really low. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm at like, I, it, it's like 200 megs maybe. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. So, so the $25 a month plan on, on uh, Firebase gives you 2.5 gigabytes. Right. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know that that, that data is going to matter. Like, I feel like by the time you have 2.5 gigabytes, unless you're like collecting real time analytics, you're, you're probably not going to use that much data, you know, right. Right. some kind of user created platform or something, you know, looking, looking at these other limits, it doesn't really seem like that big of a deal. And you can get like pay as you go upgrades on the gigabytes, like right. a gig of storage cost you five bucks, you know? Right. And so they have like an integrated, their version of S3. Like what, what's, what's the, the app you use that has like the maximum S3 total size? Mine's probably know. still under I mean, a gigabyte. Yeah. I mean, I've, so I ran, uh, this is like digging back to rails. Like we had 12 gigs worth of photos in an app that I built uh, yeah. called Tasty Planner. And it was all about re- like recipes. And so people would up- upload nice photos. And then it was kind of like all recipes and people would upload photos of their version, you know, and so we had multiple photos for each recipe. Again, this is, this is probably in line, right? They're charging you in a similar way to S3. An extra five gigabytes costs you 13 cents. <laughs> like, this is just cheap. And then an extra five gigabytes of transfer uh, costs you 60 cents. So, I mean, yeah, maybe that stuff totals up once you get up there. But at the same time, like, you have... It's going to be hard to get up there. <laughs> yeah, if you have that many users, like, you probably have a team of people that are giving a crap about this problem at that point, right? Yeah. So... I don't know. Like this is, this is very, very interesting. And I wonder, like, I feel like this is going to maybe shake up some things in the hosting space a little bit. Yes. The other thing I I was thinking about besides how complicated your methods are, is is how you, how complicated your, your data could be. Um, Mm. So like you run into this problem with, with Mongo, if you're coming from SQL land is like, how, how do I, how do I join between different tables? Um, I don't want to do everything embedded documents because that's inefficient with GDP. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you use like uh, publishers relations or you, or you duplicate data and mm. their solutions. So they don't have an equivalent for joins. They don't have an equivalent for like publish with the relations. What they, what they tell you to do is like, if you have a many to many relationship, like users to groups, you store all the groups under the user and you store all the users under the group. So you're duplicating that. So whenever you change mm. it, you have to change both. So that's the solution. And I mean, it, it works. And so you can, you, it looks like it has a broad range of like uh, data schemas you could, or uh, applications you could um, have if you just format it in this um, duplicated by. It doesesn't seem that bad. It would work. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of interesting. When you think about it, like Meteor is really not all that different from Firebase, right? And this kind of taps into our next story as well. Um, because if, if you think about, like Meteor has a back end and a front end, but the front end can really be deployed anywhere, right? You can even just put the HTML, CSS, and JavaScript up on S3 and serve that up and then it can connect into the back end and get all the DDP data that it needs. And so it's, it's very, very similar to Firebase in that regard. It's just the front end initially came with a lot of tooling, but now, you know, you can replace that with whatever you want. So let's talk about that story. (laughs) I did not mean to segue that cleanly, but holy schmoly, I did. Tell me about the uh, reaction webpack. Yes. All right, so there's, so there's a blog post called Reactive Webpack plus Meteor as a backend where someone is using Meteor but decides to not use the Meteor build tool and instead 
use Webpack. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny because he, he uh, I, as soon as I saw the title, I thought about this, this uh, tweet from Shashka like last week or something where he said, decided to try not using Meteor.js for once. I feel like I need a PhD, PhD in Webpack just to get source maps, client NPM, and basic reloading. And he actually quotes it. So I didn't actually have time to, to, read it, to finish reading the article. What, what does it say? And why is he, why is he doing Webpack? Yeah, so I think, you know, for him, Webpack's faster, right? And we, okay. it offers interesting things that you can do as far as... I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how fast we'll see this kind of stuff coming out of Meteor. Like, I understand his want to do this. You know, we need we need code splitting. So if you think about it, when you connect to Crater, you're going to download, you know, a meg and a half of JavaScript, which includes the HTML that's been compiled into Blaze templates. You don't need all that, right? Like some guy Googling something and ending up on Crater doesn't need that meg and a half to render the site that's a bad experience, right? Like we, we want to get to this point where like you have just enough to get the site loaded. And then like, as you need more things, we can just send it to you. So, you know, you've got, this is the idea of like streaming sites to people or using web, uh, web workers to kind of like send the initial bit and then send the rest. Does Webpack you, currently do that? Allow you to do that? Uh, I don't think Webpack is at the point where it, can do the streaming, but let's see, he mentions hot module replacement. But I also think that there is a way to do code splitting, which can at least help somewhat. Um, not necessarily as far as all the way to streaming, but you know, if you think about it, like if I have an admin part of Crater and I have a user facing part of Crater, like I only want to deliver the user facing code when you're hitting the user facing part of the app. And so, so that's the Webpack would, would let you uh, separate the admin client templates and logic into a separate bundle that only gets requested by the browser as soon as you change routes from like slash to slash admin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It, it goes even further, right? So if you think about like, we're using the import syntax now, so we can say like import this file. I ran across this the first time I heard of the idea It's called tree shaking uh, with roll up JS. But it's the idea that you can import the code that you need, right? Let's say you're depending on a library. And it doesn't, it doesn't package the entire library. It just packages like that function and all the dependencies Yep. through like static analysis or? Yeah. Wow. That's going to be huge in my opinion. So Webpack 2 has got that. Um, if you want to use it now, uh, you can use something like RollUpJS and it'll do it for you. Yeah, it's really interesting to me as well, right? Because if you think about it, even if we got code splitting, we've come to this point where we're relying on... There was a a post in the Meteor forums about, like, if you rely on accounts Twitter, it's bringing along Blaze for you for free. (laughs) And if you're using React, that's terrible. Like, I don't want to make someone download Blaze just because I want Twitter accounts authentication. Like, ah, yeah, anyway. That's a whole nother rant, but if they can figure out that I'm not even using that, that that's even better. Like, so I, I think this is, this is awesome to see uh, in that regard. The thing that I maybe don't like, I, I've never been a huge fan of Asteroid and I feel like you're leaving some of the good parts of the Meteor ecosystem behind if you're not going to bring Tracker and Minimongo along with DDP. And at that point, like, why even use the backend? Just because you feel like 
prototyping with Mongo is better. Like you don't have to specify a schema and therefore you can maybe work faster on the back end. But like if your project's going to get big enough and you're going to have more than one developer on there, the schema is usually a good thing. I don't know if I agree with the second part of the article. I get why Webpack is interesting. I'm not sure I would agree with, you know, using Meteor as the back end here in this way. And so to me, the smarter way is for at some point, I'm kind of hoping now that we're seeing what Meteor 1.4 looks like, maybe Meteor 1.5 will come with like releasing to NPM. And so if Tracker and Minimongo were on NPM, we could just put them there, you know, <laughs> we don't have to care about it and we can connect into to any old backend and, and we'll be able to use Webpack and, you know, Huzzah, the world is great. <laughs> ah, right. So that's the way I'd love to see it happen. Uh, I was hoping that it would happen relatively quickly, at least for some of the popular pieces. Um, but it doesn't look like that's necessarily the case. But again, I, you have to remember they're like, they're working with a much smaller team as well. So that's, that's definitely new. Like a lot of people left or got pushed onto Apollo. So I think there's like three people core MDG. And now there's, now there's community maintainers too. So hopefully that helps. Well, what, what happens to um, meteor when they, they don't have the data system anymore. They're basically just like a build tool. Um, yeah, but it's a bad build tool, right? <laughs> like, it's not a great build tool. Like, maybe the Cordova integration is interesting, but I think a lot of people are feeling like, I don't know. Okay, let's ask. You build a, a startup on Cordova. How are you feeling about React Native? I know you've you've dabbled with it. I would love to have the time to to rewrite in React Native and get a much better um, user performance um, yeah. interaction. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that is because of Blaze or because of Cordova or the combination maybe? It's both. But, but I mean, even, even if you were using React or, or Angular 2 even, um, which, which might even have better performance than React, there would still be situations where your, your, your templates were, were, were so complex um, that you'd have noticeable delays um, mm. on the user. So, yeah, I mean, if you're doing, if you're doing something new, I'd, I'd definitely recommend react native yeah um but it's, it's kind of funny I, I also came from the um rails and, and backbone land um mm-hmm. and i remember curing well i guess pre-backbone i remember curing a lot for um load load time page load time and i mm-hmm. like like you know read the experts like steve solders whatever that book was page speed mm-hmm. and like since changing the meteor i've been completely like inured to the i haven't even looked at the size of my of my client payload and especially with with Cordova, like it's it's already there. And it after is. after one point three, they're not even you're not even have to re-download the whole thing. You're only like you're only refetching certain files. Yeah, but you you do still have to wait while those files load into memory while the app's starting. And so maybe that's not terrible, but it could be better, right? And so I did some work for a company, a startup, a Y Combinator startup. And they were based on Rocket Chat and uh, they were doing some Cordova stuff as well. And, you know, it just, it wasn't good. Like we were, we were up in like four to five second range before they would see a UI kind of rendering onto the phone. And is is that, is that like 
they're rendering before the data arrives? Or are they waiting four or five seconds for the data to arrive? They were waiting for the data to arrive. So like we went in and, and sped up like the data arriving and like, I don't there's weird choices that, that Meteor made. Like they chose Node, but they also chose to make all publications blocking. So that was weird. Like you, you have to wait for a publication to finish its work before someone else will get a response from the Node server. That actually seems kind of counterintuitive to me. Like the point of node is to let it do its event loop thing and figure out what goes where. And it's not like we're waiting for a return value from a publication. Right, right, right. Like if you were, that yeah, would makes make more sense. sense with methods. Yeah. So, and, but we have a way to unblock a method, right? Like they give us this dot unblock. So Aeronode put a library out that allows Yeah, you. I, I use that package for, for unblocking yeah. publications. And, and I just, I hacked the crap out of it and just made it unblock everything. And like we dropped, half the load time right there. Um, uh-huh. the other, I think the other part is just, you know, the files were so large, like they have to load before you can do things. You mean like, like load into by a browser, reading it off of disk into memory, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I just think of that as like a, an order of magnitude uh, faster than, than like fetching it over the network that I, I just like don't even pay attention. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, we were, we were still at the point where it just felt too slow on the phone. And then it's just the startup time, not like interacting with it after. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like when, once you got there, like it was fine, but you know, they, everybody in the land of instant gratification, if you can't get what you want, like the competitor is going to deliver it faster. <laughs> did you try ground DB? Uh, we did not. No, they, they are currently evaluating other technologies besides Meteor to see if they can scale better. I think in native land, like you're always storing data on the client and it definitely makes sense that you're opening this multiple times and you're going to, you're going to be using almost the same or all the same data from before the last time. I I think there's some tricks you can do, right? Like if you look at Slack, like there's some delay where they render like an animated GIF and it looks like it's, it's loading the data in and like that would help some. And then you're right. Like if, if you had ground DB, you could have a little bit of data there and then, like as it's fetching and updating, then the UI can show the update once it gets it. So, right. yeah, which is similar to like, if you look at Instagram, that's how it works, right? Like I open my Instagram feed. Uh, it like has the old ones. All is at the top and then it's like fetching and then, right. you know, boom, you get the update. Right, right. So yeah, that would probably make sense. Um, but it was a, it was a limited project. So we'll see where they go from here, but I don't know. Like, this is an interesting post to me. And I encourage Julian to continue to find ways that work that makes sense to him. I, I don't know that it would make sense to me. You know, but probably the kicker here is he talks about Redux at the end. And it's like, I honestly would be looking pretty hard at Apollo if I'm already using Redux. I'm already using like Webpack and React and all those kinds of things. Like, I just don't know if Asteroid makes a ton of sense to me either. Do you know what 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 Apollo's gonna recommend for their build system? Are they gonna say use use Meteor or here's a, here's a way to use Webpack for Apollo? Or well, I think you just it, there's no real build integration, right? Like you just pull in the Apollo client as far as that's concerned. Yeah. On the back end, they're they're they've got the Express integration, so you can just spin up the Express server. It's gonna serve the GraphQL endpoint. We, we still don't know what real time is going to look like for Apollo. Um, if it happens, it'll be interesting. I just don't know. Like, 
I think they'll be able to provide tools that'll say like, you can tell it that there's a real time update, but they're not like, it's not going to be like as deep as the Mongo integration is right now with, with Meteor. But you're, you're, you're talking about real time in the sense of like polling is not real time. Like, well, real. yeah, but I mean, polling's fine. It's just like, I think, I think you're going to be adding polling soon. I think that's, yeah, yeah. it's just a lot of times it can be a little expensive on the CPU side. So, uh-huh. which was a major problem they had early on with, with Meteor and Mongo, which okay. is why they went to the upload. You were talking earlier about the rethink DB change feeds. You're talking about um, Mongo oblog tailing. Like everyone does it slightly differently. And so you're going to have to like, you're probably going to have these little drivers that you'll have to build for each type of database. Like Postgres triggers, uh, SQL triggers to like get those updates coming out, those kinds of things. Like it's probably not going to be terrible, but it does seem like it's going to be a lot of work to get each one of those done. So, and, and maintain them in a, in a good way. I think it'll be interesting. And to me in the long run, like that's kind of what I got my eyeball on. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah. In, in regards to this post, that's like what I'm paying attention to. So just my take on it. All right. Well, thank you, Lauren. I really appreciate you stepping in. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. Well, you should make, uh, you should make the beard permanent. Yeah. Permanent. Someone else. Everyone keeps saying that. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll go blue. I don't know. I don't know if I like the mix. We'll see. It looks like someone punched my nose and it just kind of... Oh, yeah. It didn't occur to me. Yeah. <laughs> As always, thank you to Modulus and DigitalOcean for sponsoring this show. They uh, help me hire a staff behind the scenes. Uh, so if you are looking for hosting, consider uh, supporting those, those fine organizations you know, everyone like you're Lauren's in the Slack chat room. I think you can testify to how awesome it is from time to time when you're yeah stuck somewhere and someone's like, Oh, I know how to fix that. And you're like, boom, that was 10 times better than stack overflow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So if you want to get in there, Patreon, P A T R E O N.com slash meteor club, it's still meteor club. Once you sign up, I can add you to the Slack. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Support Josh. Yeah, and uh, you can always go check on the latest news and upvote stories. If you want to see us talk about the stories, I always forget to mention this, you can go and upvote, and I'd pick mainly the most upvoted stories for us to talk about. So creator.io, get out there and vote. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. This has been a Space Dojo production. You can find out more information about Space Dojo at spacedojo.com. It's easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop. That's S-P-A-C-E-D-O-J-O dot com. <laughs>